The forest is alive. An intricate entanglement of interoperating species is life at its most optimal utilization of resources. In a world of fire and drought, much is at risk. Yet, a social and economic transformation that overturns old thinking about people and their most basic needs is occurring. Nature's Touch takes you on an eye-opening journey through indigenous plant medicine in Africa, equitable investing, and the enormous tribal reserve of natural pharmacological assets in Zambia. Dr. Oliver Mupila takes us on this amazing trek from city to forest and back again. Kanema Oliver Mupila Kamea is a medical doctor, an author, gerontologist, environmentalist, and human rights defender. He is founder of the Center of Excellence on Aging, an initiative of the Zambian International Health Alliance, of which he is the CEO. Mupila has written over 700 articles on aging with an interest in biodiversity, conservation, and sustainable development, which have been featured in several local and international electronic and print media, including The Times of Zambia, Zambian Daily Mail, and others. Dr. Mupila studied in Austria, Denmark, Malta, and the USA. He lived and worked in the United States for over 10 years as a development consultant and a plant medicine scientist doing research on indigenous plant medicine from 2000 to 2020 after interacting with over 10,000 indigenous tribal elders. Dr. Mupila lives in Lusaka and is an indigenous Lunda from the Chibuica chiefdom. Village Kamea, Mwin Ilunga, Northwestern Zambia. This is your host, Robert Lundahl, filmmaker and journalist. This is Robin Carnine of Namapa First Peoples Radio. Thanks for joining Robert Lindahl and myself for a campfire conversation on nature's touch. Worried about climate change and other environmental issues? So are we. Thanks for tuning in. We all can make a difference. Yeah, my name is uh, Dr. Oliver Mupila. I'm a Zambian based in uh, Lusaka, Zambia, in the southern region uh, of the continent. And uh, I'm a healthcare provider, though I'm not practicing right now. I used to do that when I was in the United States of America until 2011, when I got back home. So right now, I'm more into uh, 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 human rights, per se. I'm uh, a human rights defender, certified by the Frontline Defenders, which is an organization based in Ireland, Dublin. So basically, I'm more into environmental issues, things to do with uh, 
uh, pollution of water. Like right now, as I speak, we have an incident uh, in the northwestern part of uh, Zambia where there's a mine in the name of Columbia Minerals Limited where this mine uh, has issues to do with uh, pollution, has polluted a number of boreholes, which have affected hundreds of people, indigenous local people. Mine uh, has been taken to the High Court yeah, of Saka, Zambia. Yes. I think that's where I am right now. I'm from uh, a village uh, called uh, Kamea. Basically, Kamea is uh, more like our clan or our family name. So um, that village is in the chiefdom of Chibuika. Uh, Chibuika is one of the royal highnesses, one of uh, the, 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 the royals from the Lunda Empire. Or the Lunda Royal Establishment, which was uh, started way back around 1080. I happen to be a subject of the Chikwika uh, Royal Establishment. The village from where I'm sitting right now is about 900 kilometers from the capital of uh, uh, Zambia. So it is uh, in a district called Mwini Lunga. And in Lunda, typically, we instead of saying Mwini Lunga, we say Mwini Ilunga, Mwini Ilunga. But of course, we are indigenous people, so we can't do away with modern life. Yeah, everybody who is uh, in the capital, most of them, they have their villages, so they come and go. So, and then uh, looking at the issue of indigenous uh, knowledge and uh, yeah, the indigenous people, they have a lot of uh, wisdom. They've been around for centuries. And then most of the knowledge is passed from, uh, you know, the elders to the younger ones because it's oral, it's never written. Except for those of us who are learned, what we've done is we've documented uh, some of the indigenous knowledge, like right now, like as I speak, uh, I've been working on indigenous uh, plant medication. Mupila sees the connections between social and economic justice and environmental health. Uh, I established a company called Bantu Medical Africana, which is able to uh, process or make medicines. So we are dealing with medicines that uh, can help uh, in terms of uh, chronic diseases like epilepsy, uh, diabetes, uh, fibroids, uh, prostate cancer, and others. And these medicines are certified by the 
Food and Drug Control, uh, which is a department of the Ministry of Health of the Republic of Zambia. Basically, I'll tell you one thing. If somebody came from across the ocean and uh, went into one of the, our forests or found some uh, plant medicines and got them and took them to the States, Canada or Germany or whatever, they will say that person is a scientist. These are our medicines. So now, if we do the same thing, we'll be called uh, healers, uh, traditional things and all this kind of stuff, which is not fair. Because these are the same medicines that the same people come from across the ocean, who take them, go and refine them and bring them back here and be stored to our people. So what we are trying to say is the knowledge that we have acquired over the years should be used so that we can do the same thing by helping our communities and our locals uh, so that, uh, uh, I mean, we, we give back to the community. And now, if, if you go to some other countries like Ghana and in the Western uh, part of Africa, some of the hospitals right now are using herbal medicines. You have uh, an alternative, you can choose what you want right now, whether you go conventional or the other way around. It's only that, you know, when you're dealing with politics in some other countries, I would say, um, I would say African politics is like a dog with a tail because the dog doesn't know that it has a tail and the tail doesn't know that it belongs to the dog. Now, it sounds like you have a vision of the forest in Zambia and other African nations as a kind of uh, natural pharmacy. This is a part of the patrimony, you know, of, uh, of, uh, of Zambia. Do you see this as being uh, something that needs to be protected? Do you, are you concerned about biopiracy from Western companies who may take the formulations or the use of the of the medicines and then rebrand re them with a a shiny bottle and label? I think it all begins from. Uh... I think uh, the likes of Columbus, Amerigo uh, Vespush, uh, Diago, and others—all those guys who came from across the, you know, the oceans—I would say, you know, what is happening is when you go back hundreds of years ago, you find out that uh, those who came to Africa had their own ways of looking at Africa in order to uh, get what belongs uh, to us. This is Robin Carnina of Namapa First Peoples Radio. Thanks for joining Robert Lindahl and myself for a campfire conversation on nature's touch. Worried about climate change and other environmental issues? So are we. Thanks for tuning in. We all can make a difference. And then now the system hasn't changed. It's still the same. 
when these guys came from across the ocean, they came here because they wanted to get manpower. And then, of course, I'm sorry to say that transport was free because they came with their ships. And then our people, because of their muscles and the like, some of them, because they didn't know where they were going to be taken, they had to run away. Okay? Yeah, that's why most of our people got chained up. But over the years, the system changed because they had a lot of people that, and indigenous people that were taken across the ocean. So they said, no, we have stopped slave trading. We have to uh, uh, go back, use the locals to work for us, and then the material that they will produce, we can get it across the ocean. And those that we took across the ocean will start building. And it's the same thing. Right now, what is happening, the same people are coming back as investors. Actually, I've left out the part of independence where they came back and then, you know, the liberation, independence, and all this kind of stuff, which was all fake. Yeah, we were independent even before. Even now we are, but except there's an influence. I mean, even before these people came, the plants, the environment and whatever was clean. If, if we were destroying our plants and doing all this kind of stuff, there would be no trees right now. But when this man came from across the ocean, because they've taken a lot of our plants, timber, this and what, what across the ocean. So what we're trying to say is right now with the knowledge that we have, we can give back to the community by sensitizing our own people. If we are going to remove plants and turn them into medicines, we have to plant back what we get in order to boost up the environment, to protect our indigenous our plants, so that the future generations will be able to use them. They set up mines, they set up uh, certain companies where they know that after so many years, they would have ripped to take our resources and uh, go across the ocean and continue with their programs while we, we, we are here on rocks. So those of us who've been to school, of course, not everybody is educated in the villages or in Africa. Yeah, it's like we are educated and then in an, a Western way and also in an African way. So we, we do understand these things the way they operate. A mixture of technologies, resources, and community values addresses the causes of the ailment. But except we, we need a number of uh, other uh, Africans who should be more versed in looking at issues the way they come and also trying to protect uh, our land, uh, our rivers, our biodiversity, because there's no way out if somebody is going to come as an investor investing in a mine where they are going to pollute our rivers, kill our fish, kill our environment so that 50 years from now you cannot grow anything. Africans will not, will not have food. They will become slaves again. Because this, you know, smart guy came 50 years ago and polluted your land and then he's going to make up certain chemicals that you can buy as fertilization to uh, 
you know, to, to make the land better. Yeah. So these problems are coming from across the ocean all the time. Thank you. The most important thing when you talk about plant medicine and indigenous knowledge, I think what is missing out is uh, the issue of uh, coming up with investments to invest into indigenous local uh, uh, programs or projects where the indigenous knowledge should be documented, like what we are doing right now, where documentaries about the way people live, coming up with institutions that are able like, to teach the local indigenous people to preserve their knowledge, which other indigenous local people will be able to use in future. You know, talk about if you have finances as a community or communities, you can put up an institution where you can be uh, producing medicines that can even be sold in the Western world. These are the people who get our stuff, take it across the ocean. The same thing they say is not good. You take it from Africa, take it to Europe, make it and bring it to Africa and it's clean. Okay? Yeah, so I think there's a problem. So the most important thing is to invest in indigenous knowledge so that uh, we have institutions where we can teach. Here's an example I'll give you. If somebody is going to do medicine in this country, it will take you like seven years. Teaching somebody to be an indigenous doctor, certified with all the credentials and everything, it will only take you like three years, you know? Then these people will be able to be scientists, but they are indigenous local people who are scientists. You can bring in equipment that is able to produce medicines that can be sold in the Western world. Because I'll tell you one thing, in the Western world, there are more sick people than here. So we have everything here. The only thing that is lacking right now is people who have resources and also the Africans believing in themselves and preserving the knowledge that they have in order for it to be shared to the youth and the future generations to come so that this kind of products that we have should be uh, put in use for a long time. So the issue of saying no African people are poor is because somebody is making them poor. So if we want to develop the system in terms of indigenous local people or other peoples, the best thing we can do is find programs that are simple where we can invest in a little. I'll give you an example. If you send somebody to the university today, where I am in our country, it will cost you our money about 200,000 kwacha. Yeah, I don't know the equivalent because a dollar is like uh, 20 kwacha, our money is equivalent to $1. Now, if you send somebody to go and learn how to grow tomatoes, it will cost you like uh, probably $100, okay? You train somebody to grow tomatoes, you spend $100 on them. Then in six months' time, they will be able to grow tomatoes, which they can sell and make money equivalent to the money somebody who is in the army or police would have worked for 30 years to make.
it's much more better to invest in youths, indigenous local people, in programs where they would be able to produce something in a better way, quicker. Okay? So the issue of uh, education. Yeah, education for me is not having a degree. Education is understanding how things should be able to work. Education is putting food on the table. Education is understanding who is your neighbor. Education is understanding also who is coming to be with you. Yeah, it's not about the horse and the master or the master and the horse riding thing. So I think that's where we have, we have missed out because you cannot boast to have educated so many people who end up to be on the streets like what is happening. Right now, as we speak, we have over 60,000 people in this country, Zambia, who have degrees, but they're on the streets. Then we have over 30,000 people, nurses, clinicians, teachers, who are on the streets. They have no jobs. So if that investment was put in short-term programs where you teach them how to grow uh, tomatoes, yeah, teach them how to keep uh, beehives, I mean, everything will be fine. People will make money, okay? And come up now, invest in programs that can take care of the communities. Because when these people are investing, uh, have learned, and they are growing something that can be sold, the government will be able to make tax out of the system. Then you can spread out across the country and put up state farms and all this kind of stuff. You also invest in uh, tourism, traditional tourism, where you know people can come. You can put up uh, good spaces of you know uh, hotels or guest houses in the villages. I think uh, climate change is real. Why the climate change thing is happening? It's the same thing when we go back to the investors and those who came from across the ocean. Like I said earlier on, when these people came, our forests, our rivers, our fishes and everything were okay. But now because of the creation of companies, industries and whatever, they came in with equipment and all this kind of stuff, destroyed most of our forests, uh, did whatever they could do. And then today, because of the system, the pollution that has happened, because of the industries that are across the ocean, you see that the climate change has taken place because of the same people. Yeah. If these industries that are in the Western world were in Africa, I think the people in the Western world will cry more than we are doing. So now they are coming back in the same way they came back. So, yeah, the whole thing here is, yeah, if I'm the same person who is coming from somewhere to come and destroy trees in your backyard, then I would have made money to come up with, you know, something to teach you how to plant a few trees just to replace them, to put on a mask that five years, 10 years from now, you are going to have so many plants. By then, I would have gone with huge sums of money. Yeah, but what is important is we can learn from all these mistakes that have taken place over the years. 
uh, that uh, we 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 have to also uh, be ourselves by uh, protecting uh, the indigenous plants and whatever. But the problem again is with our governments and also the chiefs, because what is happening now when these investors come, they'll go to the governments, then they'll tell them, no, we can give you space or we can sell you land. Then they'll connive with some of these African chiefs because they are poor. Then they'll go and remove you from your own, you know, villages where you are born. And they'll tell you, no, this place has been bought. Did you learn about indigenous healing from your grandfather? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. So uh, my, my grandfather was advisor to uh, uh, one of the, the chiefs who is now late yeah so he knew a lot of a lot of things so most of these things are kind of family you know you learn from the elders down so now what we're trying to do is because most of this indigenous knowledge was with the elders so when they die because it's not written anywhere so they die with that knowledge. So those of us who've been to school, what we do is we have to document. So we are documenting this kind of knowledge so that in future, probably we can come up with something that will be uh, able to, to educate others. I think uh, right now, as uh, we are talking, we have uh, huge pieces of land acquired from uh, royal uh, establishments where if uh, there were some people out there or institutions that we can partner with uh, they can come they are most welcome that uh, we can put up i'll give you an example like i've said earlier on if you are able to train a thousand youths per year would be able to grow tomatoes or keep beehives. Uh, I think whatever the products that will come out from there, the institution will be able to buy, package it and add, it, add value, and then sell locally or export, and then build more schools, more clinics, uh, add value to the life of the indigenous local people. Thank you for being a part of our program today. Dr. Mupila can be reached at mupilaopk at gmail.com. The personal is the planet. For more Nature's Touch, climate change is here. Visit http colon slash slash climate change is here Dot com. Thank you, Robin Carneen. Thank you, Greenbelt Society, Hunter College, New York City. Lunda Music, courtesy Hugh Tracy. Brought to you by The Remediators. HTTP colon slash slash theremediators.com. Cleaning toxic soils with mushrooms. This is Robin Carneen of Namapa First Peoples Radio. Thanks for sitting by our campfire at Nature's Touch. 
please join Robert Lindahl next time as he continues to share important conversations about climate change and other environmental issues. If you'd like to contact Robert, please email him at robert at studio-rla.com. Be kind to Mother Earth. It's the only one we have.